Nicholas Gordon is one of the, my favorite poets and he's written a very beautiful poem about um, the love that his dad has showed him over the years and it's called You Taught Me How to Love. This is how it reads. You taught me how to love by the way you loved me and you and, and by unseen circumstances to see you and to see how you could do it. You gave me through who you were the gift of who I am. Your pride in me is my pride. Your faith is my kavana. Today, I would love to wish all aspiring dads, dads to be, dads already, and our dads in heaven who are watching over us. You're in our memories, you're in our hearts, and you're in our thoughts. Allow me to welcome our special guest in this Father's Day edition, um, Jacob Zeke. We call him Zeke because his name is a tongue twister. So he needs to tell us how. <laughs> yes, you need to allow us to learn how to sound your name so that we don't say it wrongly. Um, happy Father's Day, Zeke, and welcome to our digital parenting podcast with me, Evelyn Kasina. Karibu sana. Asante sana. Thank you so much, Evelyn. It's such a joy to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. So first things first, Jacob, then how do we say it? Uh, the name is, and, and I'll, I'll take no liability for for people that will bite their hands. Uh, the mm -hmm. last name, you can't, you can't say it angry, you say it uh, slowly, you say it um, composed and in a good mood. Zikuzoka. Mm -hmm. Zikuzoka. Zikuzoka, like you're singing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know what, Zeke? I think it is good you just allowed us to call you Zeke because. You can see how we would not pronounce your name properly, right? <laughs> yeah, I, was at, I was at my daughter's graduation last uh, um, a fortnight ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I, was, I was kind of like taken aback because, you know, when they're calling out her name, uh, um, they announce a hard teacher who has been a hard teacher, I think, for the last 10 years. Twisted mm -hmm. twisted her family name into, you know, into so many notes. And I was thinking, no, 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 no. This can't be, you know, but anyway, Zeke. <laughs> yeah. Namara, oh yes. So Zeke has been um, actively in logistics for the last 20 years, shipping and logistics. And besides that, he is an entrepreneur in different pursuits. You've done real estate, you have been in media and e-commerce, and you're currently the, the East Africa Regional Director for Transformational Business Networks, TBN, which I am a, am an alumni of. Um, Zeke is also a graduate of the Stanford Institute of Innovation in Developing Economies. That is really, really exciting. I want to hear more about that. And he is married to one wife. Her name is Mona for the last 21 years. They do have three children together, all girls, all girls. Um, Zeke was raised in Uganda, which is very interesting because now he lives in Kenya. So one of the things that I want to ask you as I welcome you again to our exciting uh, Father's Day edition podcast is, can you please tell us how it was being raised in Uganda and why you moved to Kenya? Uh, I think it was a very simple, um, it's a very simple life that we lived uh, back in Uganda. And I think that that would mirror what happens in Kenya as well, because I think what goes in Kenya goes in Uganda. Um, we have so many similarities. So I basically was raised like any other child that was raised in East Africa about the same time in the 80s. I think the difference in, in Uganda was that it was, um, we were going through a war that Kenya has never 
you know, what the experience in store. That was the only dynamic that was different. And um, during wartime, priorities are a little different. Uh, parenting is actually different during wartime. Um, I think a parent's concern during wartime is survival, uh, uh, basic survival. And, and of course, uh, just making sure, you know, like the kids are back home at the end of the day. That, 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 that's a major difference. But pretty much, you know, it was um, it was the same childhood like I would have, like anyone that would have in Kenya. The other difference for me was that I was, I was raised by a single dad. Uh, not many people know that, and that was not that was very circumstantial because uh, my dad, my mom, passed on on my second birthday, mm-hmm. and, I, and my dad didn't remarry actually, and um, so I was last in the family, and it was very interesting, you know, very interesting dynamic. That is very interesting because if you grew up um, during a time of war, and that was really like a pandemic, right? <laughs> Just like what we are facing. Also, the biggest difference is then you could see why you needed to be safe as yes. opposed to now that you're raising your children again <laughs> in a yes. pandemic, but we are fighting an invisible enemy. How how do you wrap your head around that as well? Now that you're a parent, but when you were growing up also, there was also a, just kind of a different kind of uh, a pandemic. How would you explain the difference right now? So I think during a pandemic, and, and I like that too, you know, you 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 juxtapose the, the war with, with the pandemic because they are really the same things, yeah? And why do I say that they're the same things? You know, a war, a war ends. At some point, you know, wars ceased, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think at some point the the pandemic will cease. You know, it seems um, almost uh, impossible right now to think that, that you know this pandemic will actually end. It will actually end. Yeah. Uh, um, just like the war ended. But while you while you're going through the pandemic, while you're going through the war, it just seems like there's no end in sight. And that's what it seemed like in the 80s for for me and for me and for, for me growing up. In Uganda, it just seemed like you know, oh, you know, our life is all about war. Our life is all about you know running. Our life is all about you know hoping to live to see another day. Our life is all about you know waiting to see who will knock you know at the door. Yes, uh, but but the truth is, war sees pandemic sees. Now, the, what what doesn't change is uh, parenting because guess what? As you go through a pandemic, as you go through a war, life will not stop. The sun will still rise every morning, and you still have to be a father every every day. It's not a, it's not a situation where you know you know you'll be given a parenting break because it's a pandemic, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because so, our are growing every day. Exactly, they're growing, and you know so. What values do you pass on to them, even in a time of crisis, even in a time when you yourself aren't sure about life, when you yourself are, are fearful of life? What values are you passing, passing on to them? I think those are the, the key key things that I would, I would point out. Um, yeah. Those that have lived through this pandemic as, as parents, as fathers specifically. Yeah, because some of us also, this is our first time to be like in a real, real pandemic. We just hear stories, so it's mm. good to have you who went through um like a, a, a pandemic and then also now you're here to tell us there's a difference at least we can go out because my dad i remember my dad telling us um that the 82 coup when they were going through it and he was in the military and it was really hard for him because as opposed to shielding his family he had to be in the front line then he was a frontline worker and also i think when i think about it now my husband being a doctor is also a frontline worker so i keep telling my children now they have a dad who will tell them stories about being in the front line during a pandemic like what we have right now yeah so are you able to think about um, or describe to us 
some generational differences that you have seen, especially with um, the evolution of the role of a father, uh, um, as you see it in this modern day? I think we live in very interesting times. Yeah, because um, traditionally the father has always been, been the breadwinner and even the disciplinarian in the family. And, you know, uh, and the mother was more, forgive my bestness, was more like a spare wheel that, you know, pushed the family along and uh, kind of facilitated, you know, family living. But I think in more recent decades, um, especially in the last, I think, two decades, we have seen some things change. One is mothers are, have gone back to work. For my generation, most of the mothers in, in my generation were, were stay home moms. You have to be very unique to be, uh, you know, to be, to be going out to work. Yeah. Then so so now conversely now, while mothers are going back to work, have gone back to work, fathers' roles have also have also had to change vastly. Yeah. Compared to previous generations. Yeah. So you're having you're having more men uh, being caregivers. You're having more men, which is a good thing, being involved on a day-to-day basis in family life. Uh, you know, they're sharing uh, chores. They're um, helping. You know, get the kids ready for for bed, for school. So there's that there's that difference, and and I think it's growing. And um, and many fathers are many fathers, especially the fathers in my generation, are having a, a bit of a challenge. You know, adopting this new normal uh, in as far in as far as uh, parenting and, and fathering is concerned, because. The picture they have is the picture of them growing up. And the picture of them growing up is the mother does all the donkey work at home. The father comes back, gets a newspaper, or, you know, goes and just watches TV. And, you know, suddenly you're being told, you know what? Hey, get involved, get involved, because your, your wife will come back at the same time you come back, or even later. And so it's only reasonable that, you know, you get, uh, you get dirty, you get, uh, you know, you get involved with her. So I think that has been the major shift. Uh, from the traditional, traditional uh, fatherhood to modern day uh, parenting. So I love when you said um, men are are having to adapt, like especially in terms of uh, you know showing up and doing chores. And I've seen on your social media platform something that I really, really admire that you even make breakfast for your family. How did that come about? Because I do believe that there is a there is there is a very strong message that you're passing on to even aspiring dads or even dads to be and current current dads that you know what? Um it was traditional to see your dad coming home and as you say take a newspaper, press the remote, changing channels here and there and expecting things to done. But in this modern age, dads are actually cooking for their families. Dads are actually preparing children for school and doing the normal chores that were kind of designated for, for the woman of the house. So how did you start this and what do you aspire to, to tell young parents, upcoming parents, um, in terms of just participating in the house? So last, last Sunday was my turn to cook at the house. So we have a rotor. Yeah, every, you know, the Sundays are, you know, everyone that's cooking and, you know, it's supposed, to have, it's supposed to be a special meal for the family, not just a regular meal. Because many times you, know, you show up at the table and um, especially one of my daughters will, will do burgers and everyone will say, no, 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 you're cheating you're cheating, you know, this is supposed to be a Because <laughs> a burger is like a shortcut, you mean? It's exactly. an easy meal. We're <laughs> cutting my friends. Huh? I think yeah. it's having burgers with water, not with juice, but with water, you know? So, uh, <laughs> I like to be gentle and all that, but, you know, I, I almost like I'm encouraging, I'm stalking the fire, you know, so the others will do the fighting for me. Um, but uh, last Sunday was my turn, and uh, me and my wife had a few errands to run. So we went out very early and, you know, came back. I think I was, uh, we got back, I was 
zero activity in the kitchen. I don't, I don't even stop doing that because actually my hand. Uh, so my wife, of course, you know, she's now being the mother. She she takes on and she goes on and asks. So what's you guys had lunch? Like and everyone says, no, we haven't. Why haven't you had lunch? Uh, it's daddy's time to cook. <laughs> like 3 p.m. and you're waiting for your dad to cook. Are you guys crazy or something? But anyway, <laughs> I think I think my biggest motivation is uh, actually there are different things to that. One is my background. My dad was an amazing dad. I, I look back and I'm, I'm so thankful. For his generation, I think he was way, way ahead of his generation. So my dad, would you imagine every morning, without exception, he made breakfast for the family. Mm -hmm. To his, to the time he was even 80, he was still making breakfast. Would you imagine? You go visit home, he's making breakfast, breakfast for you. So I had an example in him, uh, but I think that the other motivation is I want my girls to grow up with the high standard for the men that they'll marry. Yeah, that's very selfish, yeah? Uh-huh, interesting. Uh, I do not want for my girls to marry losers. <laughs> Yes. I think a man who is not humble enough to do chores at home, a man who thinks, or oh, I remember there was a discussion one time, you know, uh, one of those work discussions, you know, among men saying, no way, I can't leave the bed. I'm just thinking, whoa, you guys, and I was thinking, whoa, am I, am I so different from you guys that, you know, that's not a big deal for me, you know, whatever it is that comes out of bed last makes the bed. Um, so I don't want them to marry men that are not uh, liberated. I don't want them to marry men that uh, are not going to be their, their life partners. I mean, I look at my wife and I, and you know, we're really teammates in everything, yeah. And I think that brings so much joy, and, and that's what I want for my girls. So, uh, what better way to, to do that than actually leave it out in front of them? Um, our behaviors are influenced by a lot of our childhood experiences and the environments that we find ourselves having grown um, in. So, looking back at your own childhood, uh, being raised uh, by a single dad in Uganda, and you look at your current environment, one of the significant things that I find is a major disruptor in our generation especially now that we are parents is the evil is the introduction of the internet so how are you being deliberate in your in parenting your girls especially i think technology has really transformed the way our kids interact with uh, with each other and the world um and i think we need to be aware of that so i think whenever you mention the internet whenever someone says talks internet you know uh, mentions internet and kids in the same sentence there's always uh, a sigh and, and, and kind of pushback but i think we need to look at the internet very positively um so in a sense the internet and parenting in today's world go hand in hand i mean there's no denying that you know you're going to have to you're going to have to harness harness the internet and make it work for you as opposed to trying to fight it but i think i don't know you'd know but studies have shown that children who play video games for example have more advanced cognitive skills compared to children who don't play video games regularly yeah that that would be very upsetting for parents who are so uh, anti-internet yeah yes. so uh, i think i think for us what we have done is have conversations very honest conversations with the children help them understand that you know you know what uh, as much as you know this is this is your world i mean this is going to be their world whether we like it or not it's very important that you you are growing your social skills because mm. on the other hand both social skills are more, are more successful in life than people that, that you know are queer in their behavior in the sense of uh, you know um, they can't they can't hold a conversation they can't they can't sustain uh, interaction beyond uh, uh, 
uh, I have 10 minutes yeah, outside mm -hmm. their gadgets. So I think there's a need for a balance there. So the question is, how do you do it? For us, we have um, been very deliberate uh, from a young age. We tried to, thankfully, you know, the internet was not so 10 years ago when we started to have these children, the internet was just, was just uh, uh, picking, picking steam. So we didn't have much of, of a challenge because smartphones were not very much used then. And um, uh, But as we went along, we realized, you know what, we need to come in here and, and you know, show our kids what to do. And uh, the quick solution is to say, you know what, the kids will not have phones, the kids will not have, you know, uh, computers. But we actually gave them all those gadgets, yeah. Um, on a very practical level, what we did was uh, set up things like, like you know, like screen time. Uh, we limited how much time the kids spend on the phone. Uh, even before the this whole, the, 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 the internet age, you know, picked on, uh, even things like watching TV. At our house, watching TV is a privilege. You don't watch TV. <laughs> you don't watch TV. I, I get amazed. I get amused, not amazed, but I get amused when our kids visit other families. Uh, they'll gravitate towards the TV because they don't do that much now, but when they are much younger, because at home they never watch TV, so when they went visiting, <laughs> yes. they you know, watch TV with kids, you know, because that's that's a, that's a privilege. That's a, a reality in the home here. But so we limited how much time they use, uh, they watch TV. So they, I think from the very early age, you said you only watch TV on Friday nights, yeah? And Friday nights on the school night. And then you watched a bit on Saturday, then Sunday, Sunday is a school, is a school night, so there's no watching TV, yeah? And we set up screen time. Uh, but after a while, I think they kind of figured out, because typically what we'll do is, um, I don't know if that works, not haven't yet found out if that works with, we got them, you know, like simple uh, iPhones, uh, not because we wanted to, you know, to wow them. Uh, they thought it, we wanted to wow them, but uh, that helped us control because with, with a button, the, 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 uh, the phones would just go dead at uh, at, at 8.30, you know, p.m. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes a block which you can't use. But after a while, I think they kind of figured out a work around it. And so we would pass around the basket after dinner and say, you know, drop your phones in there, you know, um, pass on your pass on your pass on your, your laptops until you know until tomorrow. Yeah. So you, I think, with a different um, age changes, you also have to adapt. Uh, you know, your your how you engage engage with them. I love I love what you say about screen time because um, as I teach parents and also children on on how to avoid or how to manage addiction, uh, creating a screen time schedule is a very very important thing. And I love how you've talked about a basket because that is one thing that I, I tell parents: just have a basket so that when you when you're having family time, you're being deliberate on being present mm. and not being distracted because I believe these gadgets have a way of just distracting us. You see a notification and it has got nothing to do with you. It's just a Twitter notification and you yeah. feel like you need to respond to it. No, 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 no. And yeah. what we teach our children with that is um, they cannot delay, um, you know, they delay some of the gratifications that are ahead of them and they cannot even manage themselves. So parents need to actually, as you say, show and lead by example. You want, you want a desired results somewhere you have to be part and parcel of it a hundred percent i love that and speaking of um you being a dad of three you are an, a minority in your house because then it, it for me it looks like you're the only male in your house do you have a pet <laughs> so we have a pet she's ginger so that really makes it worse hmm? oh gosh so you're a minority <laughs> like literally there is no gender balance in your house so how do you manage sometimes how do you manage that space being you know around girls how do you feel and how do you manage it 
there's a there's a Christmas. I think maybe maybe like four Christmases ago, we had uh, my mother in law my mother in law visiting and uh, have female housekeeper. And, uh-huh. uh, so we start we we sitting around the table um, at lunch, and it dawned on me actually as a minority. I never felt <laughs> there's not a time I felt a minority. <laughs> I kind of I kind of really blended. Like it dawned on me, you know, guess what? I'm the minority here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it's again it goes down to the relationship you have with your children. Uh, Evelyn, I never stopped to think about my children being girls. Mm-hmm. I I look I have a good relationship with them. I have a, I have a friendship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I never I'm never in that space where I feel like oh I'm I'm the minority or I'm you know um, except for that one occasion when I felt overwhelmed. Um, but I think beyond even just um, uh, the gender differences, it helps to it helps to um, to understand your children to understand um, that these are girls. Yeah, mm-hmm. girls uh, process things differently. So I've, I've over the years I've, I've become more feeling than than um, uh, than more reasoning. Yeah, I um, now my last daughter reasons. You know, she she she's very different from the the, the the first two because she's again like I told you she's very techy. So okay. she she will go through she will argue out her case. You know, and state you know why she's doing it and why she has to do it and you know um, even give precedence if she can if she can get precedence. Yeah, so they are different, but generally speaking, you know when you when you're a father to girls, you learn to you learn to engage with, with them at um, not from a from a point of reason, but from a point of um, uh, feeling. Feeling, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's very important for for, for girls. I remember one time. Then, um, let me just give this, this example. Many years ago, uh, I was at the table going on on and on and on about this and that and that and that. And that. <laughs> we usually share at the table. We usually share what what was your um, high, what was your low, what was your funny. Mm-hmm. And then they, so all of us go around the table saying, oh, what was my high, what was my low, what was my funny? And so one of the girls, I think, shared, and those, and those are good conversation starters. Yeah. Uh, one of the girls shared a law, which which I figured, you know, this this we can actually handle. So I kept telling her, you have, you can do this, you can do that, you can, you would have done that, you know, next time, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, everyone's head just kind of dropped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so being the dad I am, after the, after after the dinner table, I engaged <clears throat> not not the not the girl that had um, um, that I was I was giving all this wonderful advice, but one of the others, and she said, "Daddy, all you had to do was just listen. You didn't have to <laughs> give all those." You know all wow. those solutions, all that she ex- was expected of, and this is this is. I think she was about twelve years old. Can you imagine telling me about this? That yeah. for me was a point. Yeah. Wow. The morning after yeah. I asked them, which program did you enjoy the most as you were interacting with, with your computer? And mm. so they answered, and then my son says, "But you know, mom, I think your parents need to have conversations with us around how technology revolves and and impacts our lives." So I'm like, okay. Then mm. I asked him, "Where is that coming from?" He said, "You know, you've put so many parental locks on." my machine and it is acting up <laughs> and he was so frustrated but my daughter then said yes and you should tell those parents that you teach talk yeah. to your children more than you spy on them so for yeah. them i think they also think "Ooh." so I, I was amazed that you know all they want to do is have people be interested and people listening and yeah. just letting them talk and us understanding okay you use the the, the the technology different from i do and i need to be able to come to your level of understanding and i love that you have deliberate conversations with your children and especially around the meal table um that is one of the places i insist and i tell parents let it be a tech-free zone so that 
that you can be intentional on the conversations that that you have with your children mm-hmm. and i'm going to ask you something and maybe it's an observation perhaps that you have noted do yeah. you think that our generation mm-hmm. is over cuddling our children you know i have seen children being entitled children mm-hmm. feeling like i want a phone because um i do believe that you can afford a phone and there's, there's a sort of entitlement that i'm seeing with children and i'm curious have you seen this from your parenting experience or engagements with other parents and do you think that we are over cuddling our children i think absolutely um what happens usually even is uh, that dynamic is you know you have if you grow up uh, deprived if you grow up um, um so to speak lacking there is a tendency for you to try and overcompensate for for your children so you're almost vicariously living through your children by giving them all the stuff yeah think about it how many how many how many toys do you have as a child yeah i can tell you how many toys i had as a child on one hand yeah uh, we have had we've cleaned out the house and you know uh, gotten rid of toys and all stuff that we that you know the kids don't don't need anymore and i'm ashamed to tell you how much how much stuff that you know we have we have gathered yeah uh, do the kids need all this stuff i don't think so yeah uh, so i think many times parents are trying to compensate for what they didn't have yeah or trying to uh, say no what i'll have my children will be will, be, will not quote unquote suffer like i suffered uh, the other day you know um, one of our, our kids was saying how you know my kids will have so much fun you know so much fun you know, <laughs> like, you know and eat so much candy and i'm just thinking god you know you have no idea congratulations you know and all the best with that uh, because as far as she's concerned you know we, we limit how much how much sugar they take we limit on this and that and, yeah mm-hmm. we insist they're reading books and they're like hey guys you know take it take it easy i'm just thinking you know what i would love to see what my grandchildren would how my grandchildren will turn out to be um, because again it's different for different generations but i think yes we 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 overcuddle these children and even it goes down to even allowing them make decisions i think the best thing that you can do for a child is allow them make their own um, mistakes mm-hmm. there's nothing that teaches more than more than the uh, especially, yeah, especially in controlled environments, and I think a home should provide those controlled environments mm-hmm. where children should make mistakes, and we actually talk through them. But the, but the greatest mistake we, we make is not allowing our kids to make those mistakes. Yeah, and thinking on their feet. Um, I, this, this this new phrase I've been I've been singing to my children when they ask me, "Mommy, what can I do?" And, and I tell them, "Make that decision," mm-hmm. because I want them to think. And I tell them, "God gave you a brain, so start utilizing it. You're not a computer that." I have to feed commands um, because you know when I, I, I'm a technical person so I have to command my machine to do certain things and when they come and ask me okay mommy I'm bored and I want what do you think I should do right now I'm like no 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 make yeah. that decision because yeah. we need to even allow them even as you say to make mistakes and learn from that experience mm-hmm. and we, we are there in fact I think one of the biggest things that we as parents need to learn is to always assure our children that even when you make those decisions we are here so we will go through this together so that exactly. even the learning lessons are not lost um in that space and i think that is something we need to to embrace exactly. so tell me um 
what does it mean to you to have a deep and meaningful relationship with each of your child um how do you go about this so i think um it helps that one you're very intentional mm -hmm. i think many many times i think parents hope that somehow you know just just uh, uh, by the mere fact that you are a father or a mother you you are going to connect with these children no it doesn't work that way you have to be very intentional so and i've been very i mean i I was doing an audit of, of my um, parenting um, as a father to my 18-year-old who is going to, who is going off to college in September, and I, I was just thinking, okay, how have I done? And so through the through the years, you know, I was looking at pictures and, and all that, and, and I thought, and of course, getting feedback from my wife and, and even her, and I think I have, I have done well, yeah, um, because at every stage. I've made the most of the time. So there is a, a season of my life where the kids were small and it mattered that, you know, we went out every evening. Uh, we did an activity. When I was in town, we did an activity together. Um, so I'm very scheduled. So I actually included that on my calendar as a repeating event. So at five, it was, it got so good. Or, or, or bad, depending on how you look at it, that at exactly five, when my phone would beep, yeah, when there was that ding on my phone, the kids would come and tell me, Daddy, it's our time, let's go. <laughs> uh -huh. So we'd go out and play basketball, we'd go out and, you know, whatever it is we did on the compound, yeah, for one hour, you know. So that was very, and you know, it became so joyous to do. Yeah, then there, there are seasons when, you know, now they're more engaged at school, and how now do you, how do you engage them differently? Yeah, so I would, I would schedule dates with each of the girls. I still do that. Yeah, have I don't have them regularly. I think sometimes you know I think we 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 almost that can is is like guilt trip you and that makes it also a bit boring. So you know I love spontaneity. So I will I will I'll tell um, I'll tell I'll tell one of my guys I tweet regularly although it's spontaneous. Mm -hmm. I'll tell them let's go out for coffee or let's go out for lunch or let's go out you know do this or let's go let's go shopping let, let me go get you something you know and and the conversations you have in the car the conversations you have at at, at, at uh, that uh, you know coffee table are, are priceless are priceless so I think it's it's a different stages that you go through and how you engage at those different stages yeah and also remembering that each of those children each of your children is unique has a unique person personality um, is made for a unique purpose yeah, and, and it's not a template that you know you're, you're basically using to parent you are you're treating them all differently yeah and also um, the way I, I I talk sorry that was my internet oh sorry sorry about sorry. that so you're saying about being spontaneous yeah spontaneous yeah so I'll, I'll go out I'll go out have have um lunch uh, you know have coffee with them and the conversations you know you have not just at the table with them um when you're out but even in the car are just so amazing yeah mm -hmm. and um you hear things that you'll never hear anywhere else so i think it helps to be very intentional it helps to engage um uh, children differently as opposed to you know just looking at them as one uh, one project so to speak yeah i think i like um and this is something I, I believe you would want to tell fathers to be a bit more intentional because the truth is sometimes people will say i am too busy you already are too busy if i look at you your schedule it's packed back to back but then at least you you put intentional time to then start creating meaningful relationships 
because as the kids grow their needs grow their mm. their likes and the different ways they want to engage with you also change so you have to also be very adaptive as they mm. grow because once you are playing basketball tomorrow you you will go on a date with them for coffee and as they grow up you also want to take them through different experiences and i like how intentional that is coming out so mm. tell me what your best moments as a father have been over over the space of time now you've been at that for 18 years what were your best moments <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, it's it's very hard to it's very hard to think about one particular moment mm-hmm. and it's more like a composite of many it happens to your many many good moments so to speak mm-hmm. i think I've, i i celebrate every every milestone i mean like seeing the kids uh, start to talk i mean we have we have this uh, we have, we have this we keep a record of especially for the early childhood childhood years you know uh, we know what each each child uh, child's first word was wow uh, when they walked uh, when they you know So those little little moments for me is what makes um, uh, brings me much joy. Not not really the big moments. Yeah, you'd say, oh, my daughter graduated the other day. That was also one of the moments. But I think it adds up to all the different highlights, you know, through her life. Um, and the same also applies for her for her sisters. So there's, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, what we celebrate. I celebrate life yes. uh, as it goes. I don't have one particular highlight because uh, i think life affords us so many so many uh, moments of joy and celebration i think i think i'm going to borrow something that you mentioned um they, we had started earlier with my son creating scrapbooks and just putting photos that when we are going through this scrapbook i will tell stories about that photo um mm. i think at some point we stopped now that you have mentioned it i think it's something i'll take it up myself and now decide i'm going to print more photos and then we create more scrapbooks because i think mm. when they become parents themselves and because digital will really have taken over everything it will be good for them to go back and say you know something about this photo and they will come up with stories and mm. the photos will bring so much memories when for them as they become parents mm. so tell me um how do you mentor upcoming dads or people who are aspiring um to be dads so um i don't i don't mentor dads directly um mm-hmm. but i think I, i have a calling on my life to mentor men aha uh-huh. tell us about that um when i was in my 20s way 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 back uh, back then i started meeting with the man regularly um again my faith is very central to who i am as as, as a person my identity as as a man but also um what it is i think i've been called to do what i've been called to you know to, to give the world and so we met regularly to pray we met regularly to you know to to read yeah um we read, we read the bible and many many other books and over time we started realizing a, a very interesting trend we had other men join us one man join us another man join us another man join us and before you knew it uh, we were gathering about 200 men wow yeah 200 men so that started a, a sort so to speak a, a ministry mm. although we didn't do this full time it just kind of just uh, evolved organically um, and so from that i i i i connect with men very well i i know what what men struggle with and i, I engage them at that level so i have on a personal level i have about maybe about seven men that I, I, I mentor mm-hmm. I also mentor you know through social media remotely and, and all but there are men that I meet with regularly that I mentor and in doing that I think I I, I help 
help them uh, be better, be, be, not just better men, but better dads. Because if a man is a better man, if a man is supposed, if a man is is uh, living out the fullness he's supposed to be living out as a man, guess what? He'll be a better dad. He'll be a better um, better employee, better uh, entrepreneur. It all it cuts across. So my ministry is to men. Wow, that is so powerful. The fact that you're even being deliberate to mentor not only the aspects of being family people, but other aspects of life because they do touch um as you say they cut across very many sectors so that is really powerful thank you for doing that on behalf of the men who you mentor so you have an opportunity to tell your dad something on this father's day what would that thank you to just be one word uh, which is thank you i think my dad was phenomenal and it's just amazing how it is you look back and even you look back and, and you just realize you know what life life is to be lived i think many times we struggle to try and you know make impact and you know try and you know do this and that but i think the biggest legacy we leave for our children is that we lived. Yes. Yeah, that we lived and we lived intentionally. Yes. And I think I look back, um, I look back at my at old man Zeke, that's what we used to call him. And I'm glad that he lived the way he lived. Yeah, he must have gone through all the challenges that you know we have to face, down to even uh, you know the pandemic that I'm facing right now. He lived well, he lived well and he 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 gave me, he bequeathed me a legacy of hope, a legacy of faith, a legacy that say, you know what, yeah, life sometimes sucks, but, but you know, ultimately, all things work together for good. Yeah. yeah? Um, he told me, you know, if you, if you are a man that keeps your word, you are, you're going to succeed in life. Yeah. He kept telling me, you know, I never cut corners, never take shortcuts. You know, you're better off dying poor than, than miserable, um, rich. And, you know, uh, you never impacted any, any life, any lives. So I would say thank you for, thank you old Manzik for, for being a good example to me without even, you know, striving so hard to be an example because you were the example. Oh, wonderful. And I promised I'm going to ask you this question. Do you see or do you feel like the, the aspects of your father that have rubbed off or when you look at the mirror you say, that was my dad in yourself today? Do you see those moments? Oh, absolutely. I, every night I'm reminded about my dad. My dad, you know, uh, will walk around, will walk around the house and uh, turn off the lights um, wow. <laughs> turn off the glass you know I do exactly that yeah close the windows and it's amazing how uh, tonight walk around your house and, you know see for yourself there's always an open window somewhere you know <laughs> with, a, with, a, yes. with a curtain drawn yeah so yes. he, would close that, he would close that window then he would go and pray over his children yeah wow. I do that yeah, I of course now my my daughters are teenagers and um, I still walk walk into their into their rooms and many times I get amazed because I'll lay hands on them and I think they're fast asleep because I tiptoed into the room. Yeah. Um, after I pray in their sleep they'll say Amen. Wow. Amen. Because they, I, I, I've always told them, you know what? The words I speak over you are very powerful. You want yeah. to agree with me, and even in their sleep, they, they say Amen. So I, I such little things like that remind me of, 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 um, oh, of Oh, wow. That is just amazing. And I think our viewers, um, you are actually getting things that you can start doing if you've not been doing them already. Um, you know, just being intentional with conversations because these are the things that I've learned from this uh, conversation with, with Jacob. Being intentional, um, taking an audit um, of yourself, of the life that you're impacting, your family, your children, um, being, being intentional on spending time and creating deep and meaningful relationships. And as your children grow, grow with them. 
um I think that is something that I've learned. I've also learned out of this that I'm going to continue making those memorabilia and creating stories out of the very many digital photos that we have. If I can print them so that, you know, one time my grandchildren will be told about um, Shosho Evelyn and this is what she used to do and, you know, creating stories out of the life that we have lived together. That would be amazing. So Jacob, there's something we do on this podcast called Quick Fire. I don't have very tough questions for you. They're very fast, <laughs> so don't overthink them. <laughs> Don't overthink them, yeah. Okay, um, okay. I will start. I will start with what I ask all men: um, yes. family car versus sports car. Family car. Why? I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not a car person. You know, even I. I struggle. I mean, like I'm, it's so bad that uh, I went to NTSA to to um, to do to do some paperwork at NTSA, mm-hmm. and they asked me my car number plate, and I had to actually look it up on my phone. <laughs> Wow, is that not, is it that bad? It's that bad. Yes, I'm not. I'm not so focused on cars, and, and people say, ah, you, you know, you, 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 that's a lie because you've always driven good cars. It's just been coincidental, you know. Someone offered me a good deal on the car or something like that. But I'm not. Yeah, a car. yeah. So for you, the car is a means to an end. No, it's just a means to an end. Oh, wonderful. Okay, healthy food versus fast food. So, sorry, I didn't hear that. Healthy food versus fast food. Healthy food. I know because you're such a health, uh, health. I, I see you running, and I'm like. In my dreams, I'm running like you. I'm I'm burning my calories just watching you run. That is evening for you. I I burn my calories watching you run. Okay, TV versus social media. What is your preference? Social media. Why? I love interacting with people. I, I kind of feel t- TV cheats us uh, <laughs> because it's one way. I don't like that. I think I should be. In, I should have a say in you know in. in uh-huh. um, yeah. Oh, so you you love the interaction because at least social media gives you that opportunity to interact back exactly. with other person. Exactly. And if you look at my social media, I'm always you know engaging with people. I, yeah. I don't just it's not just about likes and all that. I'm actually engaging with people. Wow, that is amazing because most people actually are TV people. So you've yeah. given me a different perspective about that answer. I don't watch TV. Uh-huh. I TV was about maybe ten years ago. What? Yeah, I don't watch TV. I'd rather read than watch TV. Interesting. Ten years. That's a long time. As we just do weeks because our tv is never on during the week we put it on on friday um people are not really interested they'd rather be on their computers so it's okay if that is part of their screen time yeah. and we have agreed what they're watching is good then yeah. we let them be all right so kenya versus uganda i'm rooting for kenya <laughs> i'm rooting for kenya here jacob <laughs> kenya versus uganda <laughs> You put me in a very tight spot there because uh, Uh I could be be hanged when I cross over or I could Uh be here, you know, so I'll not answer that one. (laughs) I mean, I mean, let's then say you're a a son of East Africa, right? Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Good. You're the son of East Africa and I love that. You are, you are very wise, Zeke, because yes, I know. If you were to say one country when you go to the other, you would be hanged for it. I I want to thank you so, so much for taking your time to be um, our guest in this Father's Day edition podcast and just one last word that you would want to tell our our listeners out there and, and take this opportunity also to wish um, fathers a happy Father's Day on this on this podcast. Thank you so much even for hosting me, it's such a joy. I think even just talking, you know, talking with people I've learned so much, so it was a two-way conversation, it wasn't just uh, one way, so I'm, I'm taking so many so many uh, nuggets from you as well. Uh, for the fathers, I would say, you know, father, the years God has given us to be fathers are very few yeah if you looked at I'll, I'll, I'll say something very simple here yeah how many years do you have left uh, to influence your children have you thought about that mm-hmm. I'll tell you the answer is very simple yeah uh, 
do the number 18 minus the age of your children. That's how much time you have left to influence your children. So be very intentional as you go about it and enjoy the journey. Yeah, it's not about setting rules. It's not about setting, you know, um, do's and don'ts. Yeah, because I think many times, you know, we have, we equate uh, uh, parenting with do's and don'ts. But it's really about enjoying the journey and, you know, um, creating memories and, and leaving a legacy. Wow, that is amazing. So there's one thing that I am going to do now is to see the number of ty- the number of years I have to influence my children. I'm 18 because at least here in Kenya, that is the legal adult age, right? I know some places it will be different, but yeah. try and do that exercise for yourself so that you can see how much time you have left. And if you need to start becoming more intentional, the time is today because if you are not doing it, the time is right now. So start being more intentional, start being more present even for yourself and then look at how you have different roles within your family to impact the people who you are around. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Uh, Remember to subscribe. Remember to also share it with your friends and family so that they can learn from the wisdom that we have just shared today with Jacob. Jacob, thank you so much and we wish you a happy, 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 happy Father's Day and congratulations Mm -hmm. to your daughter on going to college in in September, you said? Yes, September, yes. Wow. I hope she does start enjoying that life because yes. Uh, for her, it is zero years you've left to impact because it is 18 minus 18, right? <laughs> I've measured the years. You have, you have. Thank you so much for being here. And until next week, be good, be safe. Remember to put on your mask. Remember to observe social distance. And remember to take care of yourself and each other. Bye.